Welcome to another episode of Norman's Medical Review Podcast. Today we'll be continuing the APCM series and we're going to be talking about bacterial disease. The first one under this in this category would be rheumatic fever. So the question is asked, what is rheumatic fever? Well, let's see if we can get an answer together. Rheumatic fever is a systemic infection which is a result of a beta-hemolytic streptococcal infection of the pharynx, particularly group A strep. Um, pyodermic infections are not associated with rheumatic fever. That should be remembered. The peak of this infection is between 5 and 15 years old. So below 5, it's, it's rarely seen, and above 20 years old, it's rarely seen. So the range is five to 15 years old. It's rare before four, as I said before, and it's rare after 40. Let's even push that from, from 20 to 40. So the, the, the infectious range is five to 15 years. Um, please keep in mind that rheumatic fever is an immunologically mediated systemic process that may progress to rheumatic heart disease. If rheumatic fever progressed to rheumatic heart disease, then the heart valves are now involved. The most common heart valve to be affected is the mitral valve, resulting in mitral stenosis. Um, the second most common valve would be the aortic valve. The diagnosis of acute rheumatic fever is, um, requires two major criteria, or one major and two minor. So let's talk about the major criteria. The first one is carditis. Carditis is evident if the patient has pericarditis, cardiomegaly, congestive heart failure, and mitral or aortic regurgitation murmurs. Number two, erythema marginatum and subcutaneous nodules are a part of the major criteria. Then we have Sidenham chorea. This is involuntary movement of the face and the tongue and the upper extremities. And then lastly, we have, lastly we have arthritis. This is migratory polyarthritis that involves the large joint. And by migratory, we mean that it starts in the left, moves to the right, starts in the upper, then moves to the lower. Now let's take a look at the minor criteria. That would include number one, fever, number two, polyarthralgia, joint pain, number three, reversible prolongation of the PR interval, number four, elevated ESR, number five, a history of rheumatic fever, and number six, evidence of preceding streptococcal infection. Let's talk about the labs. What labs are usually diagnostic? Well, there will be elevated titers of antistreptococcal antibodies, which is the antistreptolysin and the anti-DNAs B. The treatment. How, how is it treated? Well, the patient should have strict bed rest until the fever subsides. The ESR 
um, the ESR actually um, and the pulse rate and EKG should all return to normal. So the ESR, um, the heart rate and the ECG should all return to normal, which indicates improvement. Salicylates, right, can be used and it is effective for reducing the fever and relieving um, joint pain and swelling. This, of course, um, does not change the course of the disease, that is the, the um, administration of salicylates. Penicillin is normally used, and that's benzathine, 1.2 million units IM once, or procaine, um, procaine penicillin, 600,000 units IM daily for 10 days. Erythromycin may be used if there is penicillin allergies. This treatment will eradicate streptococcal infection if present. Well, thanks for listening. And um, again, push yourself. Hard work pays off ultimately. And remember, your brain is a fertile field. Be careful what you plant in it. Good night. Thanks for listening to Norman's Medical Review. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the plus button on the top. Stay tuned for the next episode. Remember to listen and study well. Take care.